good morning, good afternoon, wherever you are, and uh, here we are again. It's, uh, it's a warm, balmy, freezing cold, terrible overcast, delicious, gorgeous, wonderful day down at Bondi Beach. And I'm about to go for another ocean swim, so the ocean's relatively flat, except for a little shore break, so I'm looking forward to it. Before I do, I thought I'd just drop you a little note. Um, of all the things that I've done in my life that are hard, like rowing or training for things or going to the gym, that really take a big strain on your, on your body, the hardest thing I've ever done is sitting still. Um, I sat for a very long time in Zen uh, meditation and I can honestly say that's the hardest thing I've ever done, sitting still. Can you hear the microphone in the background? If you can't, oh, stop. Um, so, sitting still and you'd think of all the things that have happened, you know, divorces, rowing at a competition level, climbing 56 times up to the Himalaya, um, cysts and God knows what on my spine, um, kidney stones and everything that's happened, you'd think I'd have um, a, a list on which sitting still would be close to the bottom, but it wasn't. And the question we have today is why? Why is the hardest yoga pose called Shavasana, the corpse pose? Without any shadow of doubt in yoga, in the ancient texts they say the hardest yoga pose of all is Shavasana, which is lying on the floor, your head supported by a beautiful pillow, in a warm environment, with your arms out to the side, feet let fly out to the sides, open, doing nothing. Exactly the same as Zen, except Zen you're sitting on a cushion, legs crossed, facing your demons. And this stillness where we can't activate and go and do something and get busy and run around and answer the phone and talk and play with the children and go for a swim and write a book and read and work, this stillness becomes the absolute doorway to spiritual and personal awakening. And the reason that being still in these positions is so confronting is that the ego is not allowed to function. You're not doing good, you're not doing bad, you're not causing any pleasure and you're not causing any pain, it's nothing. In Zen, you keep your eyes open and use your peripheral vision to maintain a softening of the brain. Uh, focused vision tightens your brain and sends you into fight flight. So the softening of the mind. I, I bought new glasses last year, which are multifocal, and but they are very uh, needy 
of me being able to look straight ahead. If I use my peripheral vision with my glasses on, I get dizzy. Um, they're just not meant to be used that way. And so I found myself, even in my statistics on my aura ring, getting lowered heart rate variability, <laughs> which is a sign of fight flight. Um, and I, I, I worked it back, I thought it was COVID, but actually it's when I got my new glasses. Peripheral vision, which is the softening of the eyes, can only happen when we're not in fight flight. So sitting in Zen, perfectly still, not moving a muscle, not even breathing in any format, keeping your back straight, do that with nerve tension rather than muscle tension. Doing nothing, staring straight ahead, is the most painful experience I've ever had. And doing it for day after day after day brings a person undone. I remember at one retreat up in the Blue Mountains, at, there's a, uh, I think it's called the Buddhist Vihara, V-I-H-A-R-A, Vihara. And there's a beautiful little retreat center up there, which is, you get one meal a day and a place to sleep and you don't talk, and you stay there for as long as you want for, for these retreats. And I remember just sitting there and after three days, crumbling in a heap, crawling on my hands and knees up to the monk who sits at the head of the room, on my hands and knees, crying into his feet and like a like a wounded bull I was screaming of tears and pain that came out and what what had caused it nothing had I thought of that no so the ego has chinks in its armor and ego is an armor it's the armory of how we live every day and keep ourselves big and strong and with that armory comes the ability to do what we do and make a buck and fall in love and have families and do all this stuff but it's all fake it's all a facade and sometimes something happens to put us in Zen uh, for example, we get empty space, like I've got right now, sitting on the beach. Empty space. I'm looking out to sea. The water's not exciting, it's just dead flat. There's a girl with a bikini top off doing hula hoops. It's boring, after five minutes it's boring. And you sit here, empty. And I deliberately empty myself every day here on the beach and just sit or walk because I think I want to know if there is if there are chinks in my armor I want to know what's if my ego is actually real I want to know if I've if I'm just covering up shit like I found out in that Zen retreat and many others that I did of the same style where I broke down back in my dormitory or wherever it was, in fits of tears, for absolutely no reason. Same thing happens in the Himalayas when you sit on a rock uh, with nothing to do. 
you're at altitude, you can't climb further. Um, and you're just staring at it. And after about 15 minutes, you get used to it. And then all of a sudden, you become emotional. And these, this is Zen, the stillness. And so many people just remain absolutely time uh, focused, late for everything, <coughs> back to back something. If they're not, if they get a spare moment, they make a cup of tea. If they, if they get a, another spare moment, they'll check their emails. If they get another spare moment, and this is deliberately done. It's not uh, subconscious. It's consciously filling the space. And I think. It doesn't do us well to avoid the truth. <coughs> you know, sometimes um, that truth comes in a funny package. For example, depression. Depression is really a spiritual place, incredibly spiritual. But one person falls down a well, the well of truth, and hits the water at the bottom. and and gets pissed off about it, which is depression. Another person sits in Zen and climbs down the well and sits in the water at the bottom and celebrates it. Same well, same dark, terrible, terrible dark place. One person volunteered for it, the other person fell, but they're in the same place. And so when we try to avoid the dark, we would try to avoid sadness or we avoid things like that. It's very understandable because that doesn't function very well in daily life. That's the ego. But when it takes over sometimes, it's good to make ourselves safe and not think we've made a mistake and just allow it and be it and celebrate it and engage in it and see what it brings up. Sometimes it's something that really can be fixed and healed really quickly and let go of rather than fester beneath the surface. This is Chris. Have a beautiful day. Bye for now.